Well, hello. Thank you so much for joining us today for church. It's great to have you with us. We are recording from our daughter's bedroom. Thank you, Lauren. Well done for tidying your room up. And we're excited to worship God together today and to hear from the Word of God and just listening to what the Father wants to say to us today. First of all, we want to tell you about something exciting coming up this Friday and Saturday, 16th and 17th of October. We've got our first prayer time coming up. Come on. And it's going to be great. Katie's going to be telling us all about it in a video in a second. But I just wanted to say that for me, I haven't been well enough to physically get to a church meeting in nearly a year and a half now. But something I've loved doing every week is just getting together with one friend or two friends and praying and seeking God and worshipping together. It brings us together, it stirs our hearts, it stirs our faith and just want to encourage you to do that. Let's hear from Katie in this video. The moment I wake up, before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer to him. Okay, okay. No, that was cheesy. But I wanted to show you where I come and sit in the morning. This is the chair where I come each day, or I try to, and I pick up God's Word, the Bible. And for me, this is a really important way to start the day because there, before I put on my makeup or go on social media or the media, I want to recognise that God is the authority in my life and His Word, therefore, is the truth that I'm, it's my firm foundation and it's solid and it doesn't change. And um, I want to feed myself from there first and let my prayers be fueled from that place. And so I just want to read a passage from John 7, which I've lost. Um, which says, Jesus says this, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. How exciting. That's us. We who believed in him were to receive the spirit. If anyone thirsts, let him come to Jesus and drink. That's what we're going to do this week. It is our thirst prayer event. And so not only are we dependent on our personal prayer times, but we are going to be gathering as a church to pray together on Friday night. And I cannot wait. It's going to be 8pm in person and online. You can do either. It'll be the same prayer meeting. 8pm, you need to book in for whichever option at kingsarms.org forward slash thirst. And um, we are going to pray together about personal stuff, local stuff, church stuff, and um, of course the world situation. And I'm just so pleased to be able to gather with you in prayer. This is a good time to pray. And then on Saturday from 7am till 5pm, we've got a creative prayer space open. You book in by the hour at the same link, kingsarms.org forward slash thirst. Come on your own, in a group with your family. And um, and yeah, just create some space again. Let's clear our diaries this week, Friday night, 8pm and Saturday from 7 till 5 just find some time to seek God and let's be a people of prayer together. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Thanks, Katie. Can't wait to be part of this. We've signed up for some of the prayer slots, haven't we? We have. It's going to be brilliant. So get involved, get on the website to find more details and to book yourself into those slots. 
Great. Well, let's worship God together. Now, just a reminder that worship is about singing and it's not about singing. We do love to express our worship to God in song, but actually worship is about the giving of ourselves. It's about the sacrifice of praise. It's about giving all of us for all of him. And today it's just our pleasure again to come and worship God who we love and adore. And uh, let's just worship together today. I'm going to pray as we go into it. Father, we love you and we exalt you. We thank you that you are high and lifted up and the train of your robe fills the temple. You're the glorious God. You're the great God. You're the one who's crowned with many crowns. And we just say with all of the angels and all of the elders in heaven right now, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy to receive thanks and praise and glory and honor and power and strength and majesty. Lord, we come today to give all of us for all of you. And it's our delight to run into your courts, Father, and to worship your name. And Lord, as we do, Holy Spirit, rush in upon us. Wherever we are engaging with this right now, Holy Spirit, come. Just wherever you are right now, just take a moment to receive afresh the Holy Spirit. Mm as you come to worship your Father who loves you with an everlasting love. Let's worship together.
bow is every knee will bow everyone confess he is Lord who can stop the Lord Almighty who can stop the Lord Almighty who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 Who can stop the Lord? Sing 
Oh, hell. 
can see the walls coming down I can see the walls are tumbling I can see the walls are coming down I can see the walls are tumbling I can see the walls are coming down I can see the walls are tumbling I can see the walls are coming down I can see the walls are coming down And when he moves and when we pray Wasted wall now stands away Where every promise is amen And when he moves, make no mistake The bowels of hell begin to shake Oh, hail the Lord, oh, hail the King And when he moves, and when we pray Western wall now stands away Where every promise is amen And when he moves, make no mistake The bounds of hell begin to shake
so much thank you for the gift of your holy spirit that you've given to us and we just echo the words of that song we say spirit break out would you fall upon us move amongst us in a new fresh way lord we pray for ourselves we pray for our families and our friends we pray for our town and our nation and the nations would you move again mm. by the power of your holy spirit yes god thank you god yes god amen Amen. Well, listen, in just a few moments, we're going to get a chance to pray together in a little bit of a longer way. And we want to just intro that by sharing a story with you, something that happened uh, on one of our online Sunday meetings uh, several weeks ago with someone who was prayed for uh, in response to a word of knowledge and something incredible happened. And uh, I am excited to share this story with you today. So let's go ahead and watch that. So around four years ago, we realised there were a lot of foods that Phoebe couldn't eat um, because it was slowing down her digestive system to a really bad level. Um, the main thing on, that we realised was that dairy was really bad for her and causing a lot of pain. Um, it was to quite a high level, so she got contaminated a few months ago and within five minutes was lying on the floor in pain and her tummy doubled the size and that lasted for quite a few hours. About four weeks ago on online church, one of the hosts put up that they felt God wanted to heal intolerances, especially in children, and he decided that you actually wanted to respond this time, which is unusual. Um, so we jumped onto the prayer chat and prayed with one of the hosts and prayed with Phoebe as a family, and then went back our normal day, not really thinking much about it. And then tell us what happened in the evening, please. So I have this special book that I read every evening, and it said in the book, always give your worries and pain to Jesus. So that's what I did. I started to pray and I felt the Holy Spirit rushing through me. And then I had this wonderful dream about having dairy and I could, and then I had a big cheese pizza. It, it was amazing. <laughs> and then in the morning, I told my mum that I want to try dairy this afternoon. And then that afternoon, my dad poured me a shot glass of dairy. And then in five minutes, I wasn't lying on the floor and I was completely fine. And then we tried other dairy products and Again, I was fine, and then in the, in the evening I had a big bowl of my favourite type of ice cream, so best day of my life, I was going to say. And you didn't have any pain? No. And it's been four weeks now, and have you had any pain at all? No, I don't think so. And no problems? No. Just so thankful to God that um, he heals today and that he's healed Phoebe. It's completely changed our lives. It means that we don't have to worry so much when we go out as a family, don't have to read all the labels. So we're just really thankful to God that he's healed Phoebe. It's so good, isn't it, to hear a story like that of something amazing that God has done yeah. and how it's changed their lives. And God, we're so grateful for that. Yes. And you know what, whenever I hear a story like that it gives me faith for my own healing for the healing of those that i love and have been praying for for mm. a while and 
we just want to spend a little bit of time praying for you now, praying for us, asking God to come and do more. So wherever you are, why don't you um, close your eyes, connect with Jesus and just ask him to come and meet with you. If you need healing, um, particularly of food allergies, digestive issues, um, but whatever it is you need God's miraculous touch for, Mm. why don't you seek him now? Father, we just thank you that you are the miracle working God. Yes, God. We thank you, Jesus, that you're our healer. You're the Lord who heals us. And we just open our hearts to you. We say, would you come and just touch every person who is watching this, who needs a touch from heaven Mm. for physical healing. We speak to stomachs and we say, be well. We speak to immune systems. We say, be healed. I speak to um, bones that are aching and hurting or broken. And we say, be restored in the name of Jesus. Yes, Father, I pray too that you would come and touch those that are struggling uh, mentally or emotionally that you would come and do what only you can do. Mm. We speak the peace of God over you. We release the healing touch of heaven over your body and mind right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, we just speak the healing peace of God into every sickness and uh, pain that's afflicting anyone watching this right now. We just speak the peace of God over your life right now. We pray that all anxiety would be calmed, all fears would be stilled, all storms would cease, and that you would know the healing presence of God resting upon you right now. He is a healer, that's his name. That's his name, and Father, today, we just confidently expect good things as we've asked in your name today. Amen. 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 Well, listen, guys, do let us know if you have uh, noticed any change in your physical circumstances after joining with us in prayer today. Uh, you can email uh, info at kingsarms.org and just let us know. We'd love to hear your stories so that we can share more of the stories like Phoebe's that we've heard today. Yeah, we're going to take up our offering now. We just want to again say another big thank you to you for partnering with us in giving. You can click on the link um, on screen right now and give into what God is doing. Thank you. And also, we are going to hear from the amazing Paul Johnson now, but in preparation, you are going to need access to some paper and a pen because this is going to involve a little bit of interaction and basic DIY, as you would come to expect with a message from Paul Johnson. And uh, so why don't you go and grab one of those right now uh, as you get ready to hear Paul and just open your hearts wide. Do you know what? I love Paul Johnson. What an incredible gift to our church family he is. And so let's open our hearts wide as he brings the word of God to us today. Well, hello, everyone. I hope you're doing really well. I wonder if you've ever encountered a problem that just seems to spiral out of control on you. It's like one moment you think you've got it and then you can feel it slipping away from you. Uh, Some of you may remember me sharing that many years ago before Ems and I had children, uh, we were trying to help out with a team that was with us from from some churches in the States. And uh, Emma and I were giving a lift to a couple of young lads from one side of town to the other. And Emma's in the passenger seat with me and uh, in the back with the two young guys. I remember thinking, if I'm brutally honest, that I really want to impress these cool looking young guys. And so I was making conversation and just looking for an opportunity to impress them. Anyway, I asked them what part of the states they were from, and they replied that they were from Oklahoma. 
And I racked through my brains and remembered that I knew about a church pastor with a funny name from Oklahoma. So I said to them, oh, I remember hearing about a pastor from Oklahoma called Rock Bottomley. Can you believe it? There's a guy out there in Oklahoma with a name Rock Bottomley. I don't know, what were his parents thinking, giving him a name like that? He must have had all sorts of hassle at school. Can you imagine having to sign that on checks, Rock Bottomley? What a ridiculous name. God, wonder, guys, I don't suppose either of you have ever heard of him, have you? There was a slightly awkward pause, and then the voice from the back of the car said, yes, yes, I have heard of him, because he's my dad. It was a terrible moment, and what I normally do is when I put my foot in it, I turn to Emma for help, except on this occasion, I, learned, I turned to her, seeing, expecting to see her in the passenger seat, but she wasn't there, because her whole body was doubled over in the footwell, rocking as she tried to contain the laughter that she was experiencing. I fumbled my way through trying to recover myself and tried to put that story behind me. Then a number of years later, we went out to Oklahoma and we ended up having dinner in one of the Bottomley family's home. It was his sister. And uh, I remember chatting to her and she asked about me. She said, well, who are you and where are you from? And I said, well, I'm PJ and I'm from the King's Arms in Bedford. And she said, oh, you're the guy. You're the guy that made that mess in the car and said about how rock bottomly. Oh, I love that story, she said. We always get my brother to tell that story. Often at Christmas, we'll bring that story out and talk about that. It's so good to finally meet you. And once again, I died inside. Well, obviously, that was just a social embarrassment and not that big a deal, really. But the truth is, many of us will find challenges and situations that are just getting beyond our reach. Sometimes multiple problems that come at us from different directions at the same time. And today, we're going to be looking at something from Nehemiah about how he's tackling different challenges that are coming at him from different directions all at the same time. If you've been following the story, then you'll know we're in the setting of about 445 BC. And sadly, it's a low point for God's people. Uh, they've been disobedient and are suffering the consequences of that. The nation is in confusion and disarray, and the city of Jerusalem lies in ruins. Its walls are all broken down. And Nehemiah is leading this rebuilding program to try and restore the walls in order to bring some security and some stability to the city. But at the start of chapter four, we see that this massive challenge is about to get worse. And what I want to do is very simply today to take stock of some of the problems that he was encountering, and then in the second part to look at some of the solutions. We won't be able to read through all the passage, but if you've got a Bible to hand, you might wanna have chapter four of Nehemiah open in front of you. And we're gonna start out by looking at the problems and then look at something of the solutions. Uh, the first problem is that a local governor called Sanballat is starting to feel threatened that Jerusalem is getting stronger. The walls are going up and he doesn't like a neighboring city growing in strength. So he comes along with his cronies to try and criticize and pull down all that Nehemiah is doing. We read in verse, in verse two that Sanballat comes with these questions and he says this, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore the walls themselves? Are they going to finish all of this in a day? And it's a kind of mocking, critical tone. It's the kind of external voices that are seeking to pull down. And it might well be the same for us. There are external voices often around us. It might be that 
work colleague who always wants to pull you down, or a boss who's perhaps critical of you, or a member of your extended family who has, has issues with the fact that you follow Jesus. And they want to get you to a place of self-doubt. They want you to question the goodness of God in your life. You know, how can you believe in a good God with all the suffering that's going on in the world at the moment? And so on. So there can be these external voices wanting to pull us down. But also there can be voices from inside, can't there? Um, questions of self-doubt that we ask ourselves. Uh, do other people really care about me? Does anyone even notice me? Have I really heard God about this career move or going to university? How am I going to keep paying the bills through the winter? And so on and so on. And those kind of questions just sort of sit there. And because they're unanswered, they can sort of slowly erode our confidence. But then what we see with Nehemiah is that the questions then turn to open hostility. In verse 8, they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and cause confusion in it. The commentators say that Nehemiah literally had enemies on all points of the compass, north, south, east and west. They were surrounding him. So this has gone from mocking insults to a deliberate campaign to undermine the people of God. And if you've ever experienced what it's like to have someone who is actually out to get you, you'll know how uncomfortable that is. These mocking insults are now becoming far more serious. And Nehemiah has people who intend to do him harm. They will know or see, they, sorry, rather, they won't know or see, they say, until we're in amongst them and we're going to kill you. So they threaten to infiltrate the city and kill the people of God. So there's uh, mocking insults and there's a deliberate plan to come and get them. And if that wasn't enough, Nehemiah also faces all kinds of practical challenges left, right and centre. We read that the strength who, who, of those who bear the burdens is failing because there's too much rubble. So there's literally practical building implications going on. And anyone who's ever had work done on their home will know how demoralising it can be. Uh, we, a number of years ago, had to uh, pull down a whole load of ceilings in our house and have them replastered and we just had grot and dust and mess everywhere. I mean, literally, there was an inch layer of thick of dust on everything, including the children. And after a few weeks, that starts to get demoralizing. It starts to wear you down. It saps at your morale. And that's what Nehemiah and his colleagues are facing. Nehemiah is having to deal with all of these multiple different challenges. But of course, there are parallels for us right now. We're in probably the biggest challenge since World War II. Just like Nehemiah, there are psychological challenges going on. Some of us, I guess, are probably starting to feel a bit like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. Everything is just on repeat. We get up, we have the same routine, we go back to bed. We can't have any variety or anything really to look forward to in our lives. We have some good days and some bad days, but if we're honest, we feel pretty isolated and alone with our own thoughts. The prospect of six more months of restrictions is almost too much for us to even think about. And then there are the financial challenges, you know, job cuts or employment insecurity, and we face an uncertain future. But not only that, we face practical challenges too. Let me just give you one example. In February, 
uh, my parents went out to Melbourne to visit my brother and his family for seven weeks to get some time with the family and the grandchildren. That was in early February. They are still there. They couldn't get back. So it's now seven months, not seven weeks later. And they, there's no prospect of them being able to fly home anytime soon. They're currently under curfew and they're not allowed to go more than three miles from my brother's home, let alone catch a flight home. There are all kinds of practical implications and challenges as a result of something like that. What do they do about their home back here? We've had to take their car off the road. We have to figure out bank accounts and finances, sort out all these different practical challenges as a result of what's going on in the world around us. Lest you feel too concerned for them, don't worry too much because they're about a 10 minute walk from the beach. So my sympathy only goes so far. But there are practical challenges that each of us face. You may, not feel, you may not be stuck in a foreign country, but just try getting a GP's appointment or going to see the dentist right now. There are practical challenges. How many of us have popped to the local corner shop for a pint of milk and then forgot our mask and had to go back? We're having to rethink the way we do everything around us. So just like Nehemiah, we're facing psychological challenges, we're facing practical challenges and it can even feel like they're surrounding us. And I think when that starts to happen, that can affect our psyche, our sense of well-being. Let me show you what I think happens. Um, over the summer, Emma and I um, built a patio, and uh, we built a patio in the back garden. Um, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Uh, now, I have to be honest, you know, um, there, there are uh, maybe two or three patio slabs that are level. The rest of them are a bit all over the place. You walk across the patio and you start to feel seasick. But overall, the thing seems to work. But we built it by hand. And one of the things I noticed was that I had to mix concrete um, every single day. And uh, I would mix my concrete with my trusty shovel. And then I would get, pick my shovel up the next day to mix more concrete. And I would discover that a thin layer of concrete had formed on the shovel. By day four, my shovel was almost too heavy to lift. Why do I share that with you? Well, I think the same kind of thing can happen to our souls. It's like a thin layer of disappointment can form on our souls. Or a thin layer of anxiety can get itself into our spirit. Or it might be that you find that loneliness clings to your soul. And unresolved and unprocessed, that can, we can reach the point where the shovel is simply too heavy for us to lift. Sound familiar? Well, I wonder how you're gonna tackle that. Nehemiah knows how to process what's going on. He knows how to deal with each challenge as it comes along. So what I wanna do is I, I want to show us in the second half here, now we've looked at the problems, some of the solutions that Nehemiah gives us. Two life hacks, if you like, from Nehemiah. And uh, I'm gonna talk us through them. So let me put my shovel down. So the first one is this, is that Nehemiah learns to give his problems away. Uh, Sambalat and Tobiah, his sidekick, come with all these accusations against Nehemiah. But Nehemiah says this, Hear, O God, for we are disposed. Turn back their taunts on their own heads. They have pro provoked you to anger. The next line is this, So we built the wall. What's going on there? What Nehemiah is saying, in other words, God, we're your servants doing your work, so this opposition is your problem. And he hands the problem back to God. Uh, 
So what I'd like us to do is learn how to give problems back to God so that the thin layer, if you like, doesn't appear on our shovel. It doesn't cling to our soul. So one of the reasons I asked the host to encourage you to get a pen and paper is that we're going to give ourselves the opportunity to write down some, on a bit of paper some of the challenges that you face. It doesn't matter if they're big things or small things. What are the things that would be tempted to cling to your soul? Um, if you don't have a piece of paper with you, you can always uh, grab your phone and write a list on your phone. And we're going to put something up on the screen, give you a moment to write. I'm not sure what is going to come up on the screen in this moment. It might be a timer countdown, or it could be that Phil Wolfe is going to do a performance dance for us. I'm not sure. But we're going to hit pause button for a minute, and you're going to write down a list of all the things that trouble you, that cling to your soul, and might make you spiritually weary. Let's take a moment to do that.
Okay, I hope you've had a moment to do that. I wonder how you found that. If you've run out of paper in the house, that might be a sign that you're facing an awful lot of problems and it's time to contact the pastoral team. Um, well, the reason I share that with you is 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now that you've written down on your bit of paper all of the things that trouble you, that are concerning you, I'd like you to do this. I'd like you to grab hold of it and screw it up. And in a moment, I'm gonna tell you what to do. Um, I've gotta be honest, if you chose to write on your phone, this might present something of a problem. But what I'd like you to do is on the count of three, I'm gonna get you to get your bit of paper and I'd love you to throw it as far away as you possibly can from you, as hard as you possibly can, in order to get rid of it. Because the verse there says, cast all your cares on him. What it actually means is it means hurl every anxiety and care that you've got onto God. And just like Nehemiah, we're gonna take our problems and we're gonna launch them at God because his arms and his shoulders are broad enough to handle everything that we face. So on the count of three, I'm gonna get you to throw it, okay? If you've got a mobile phone, you can throw your mobile phone across the room, but that tends to be expensive. So are you ready? One, two, three. That's what I want you to do with every trouble and concern that you have. I want you to pass it on to your heavenly father. That way we can live light in everything that he's given us. And what we discover is that as we do that, it deals with the concrete on our soul. It's a bit like taking a hammer of the word of God and dealing with some of the challenges and the things that would cling to our soul. Sorry about the carpet, we'll deal with that later. So that's the first secret to Nehemiah. He passes the problem on. But the second thing, the last thing I want us to leave us with is this. It comes in verse 13. It says this, so in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, in the open spaces, I stationed people by their clans with their swords, their spears and their bows. Then in verse 19, the work is great and widely spread and we are separated on the wall far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there, our God will fight for us. You see, the work on the walls was too important to stop. And the things that God is calling you to are too important for you to stop. They just couldn't give up. So they each went to work where God had placed them. Some at the water gate, some at the fountain gate, and some unfortunate souls at the dung gate, where the rents were really low. They did what they needed to do. But when trouble came, when they heard the trumpet, they went and rallied together. You see, you are on assignment from God. He has prepared good works in advance for you to do. There are responsibilities he has given you. You may be the only Christian in your workplace, your extended family or your school, but you're there to make a difference. Galatians 6 says that each one should carry his own load. He's given you a job to do. You are there on assignment. But then Galatians chapter 6 also says that we should bear one another's burdens. You see, there are situations that come that are too much for us, too much for us to bear. And if push comes to shove, well then, when the trumpet sounds, as Nehemiah says, we're meant to rally together. You may not have a trumpet, but you do have a mobile phone. And it's in that moment that you say to those around you, I need you to stand with me in the big things and the little things. I remember many years ago, when the church first started, we had uh, a family who were looking to move house. The house sale fell through and they had a son with severe disabilities. 
So what happened was this family was suddenly found homeless and what they decided to, the church decided to do was different people moved around so that we could free up a family home for them to move into. The church literally rallied in that moment. Well, maybe there are going to be moments in the months ahead where we need to rally to one another. You see, Nehemiah organised it so that we can stand with one another. Who are the people to your left and right on the wall, as it were? Who are the people that God is calling you to look out for? Because when the trumpet sounds, we want to make sure that we're there for one another. But lastly, just on this, as we draw things to a close, the other aspect of things is that we need to make sure that we aren't too proud to actually blow the trumpet for help to come to us. So I want to ask you, if you face difficulties and challenges, do you tend to just soldier on alone, try and fix it out of your own self-reliance? Or are you willing to share that burden around you, lean on other people to help you in the time of need? I think those two things, rallying together around one another when there's times of need, but also giving back to God, the anxieties, the things that would trouble us are going to be absolutely critical in the weeks and months ahead. I hope that serves you and blesses you. Take care. Paul, thank you so much, my friend. That was absolutely fantastic. And I'm loving our series in Nehemiah right now. It seems like such a timely story for us to look at in the season that we're living in. And I just encourage you to be reading Nehemiah at home uh, and in your families. Just get familiar with this story. Be asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And also, let's just put into practice the things that we've heard today. Yeah, so good. Thank you, Paul. Well, that's it from us. That's it today, isn't it? That's we it. hope you have a really great week. Um, enjoy the autumny weather. And don't forget to join us for chat and Zoom after the meeting if you'd like to do that. We'd love to see you, love to connect with you. And we'll see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks, Katie. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. We have signed up, haven't we, for some of the prayer opportunities? Hang on, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It is gonna be good. It is gonna be good. It's gonna be really good. Okay, hang on. No, it's fine. Just keep going. Okay, all right. Be good. It's gonna be good. Thank you, Katie. We can't wait to be part of this. We've signed. We did. <laughs> <laughs>